All right, well, I'm doing a one-to-one with Clint Hill. It's the Keep Your Podcast, up with all eyes, and I'm depressed. Clint, how are you? I'm okay, mate. I'm, I'm looking a little bit better than you are, by the looks of it. <laughs> you see, it's a tricky one. I'm going to talk to you about what you're doing now and stuff like that, and a wee bit about QPR in the future and everything else, but I've got to say, didn't see Saturday coming. Did not see that at all. Five against Oxford, and I look back at the goals, and it's it's a worry. Do you know what I mean? As a centre half, I would advise you not to watch him because you'll probably tell yeah. you hurt. Yeah, I mean, I'm obviously I, I, I follow QPR on all my social media and stuff like that, and um, you do pick up bits, bits unfortunately of the game and, and what people are saying and the results. And I mean, previously before that, um, I think it was the Wimbledon game. There was a lot of a lot of footage about this move and that nearly scored and yeah, and be quite positive. And then the next thing, bang. This five nil result comes out of nowhere. Like it's 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 worrying, it really is. But like, and I don't want to name names. I don't want to point fingers at things. But should people be making the first team debuts at twenty three and twenty four from the youth team? Is that mm. person been hanging around too long? How would how would you see that if you're a a player and b involved in a football club? I mean, if if you're twenty three and twenty four and you're only just making your debut, I mean, you should be. Used to be over a hundred appearances into your career. Really, yeah. I if if you're making a debut at that age, then I'd say people don't really trust you to do the job a hundred percent. I think if you're making a debut at 23, 24, um, yeah, I'd be worried about what what's come before that and why is it taking so long to make your debut? Is it? Is it the right level? I mean, is, is the trust in there? I don't know. Um, obviously, I know there's a few injuries um, as well being picked up. So they've just been thrown in there because of injuries. Um, I really don't know. It's, it's strange times at the moment. Well, the, the prime example like, would be like we Nico, who we think was probably there when you were in the youth team when you were there. And yeah. you know, he came in, every manager tried him. And then he, he's only left this summer. But he was around for years and... He, he didn't inspire. He looked at me and thought, I don't know why he's near the first team, which we know near it. And it's not good in the player, it's not good in the club, but I just worry, are we hiding players in the building? And then when we come to an emergency, it's like, oh, we've got to, we've got to pretend that it's all working, the youth system working, so we've got to put this one forward. And it's not fair in them because they're nowhere near it, Clint, and it must shatter them because p- players are humans. It must, there must be nothing worse than being put in at that age and just getting absolutely mullered. Yeah, I, I think... I think this under under twenty three kind of B team model can it can almost give like a false security to these players because they they, they think they're gonna break into the first team, but really they just they're only being employed to do a job for that level that B team. You know what I mean? So it's mm. you're kind of prolonging the uh, the disappointment. Really, I think. Um, and I, I see a lot of players in, in under twenty threes that are just given contracts just to just to fill the the spots up. I don't Does think there are other I think I think there's a lot of lot of bigger teams as well who do it. I don't think these okay. lads will ever probably make the first team at that level, but they just keep them to to, to obviously to fill the spaces and, and keep the teams um kind of competitive. Um but I don't know 23, 24 and you're making your debut. Yeah, I, I'm with you on that one. It's a bit concerning, especially for a club like QPR and 
the ambitions that they, they they've had in the in the past. Because you were the, I mean, uh, well, we had a wee chat before we, we we had the podcast. Were you surprised when Tony left? Because you were there obviously when Tony Fernandez was there, and you'd seen how involved he was. Were you a bit surprised? I mean, I think over the last few kind of few years, he's kind of distanced himself from everything, hasn't he? Um, mm. Gone back, to concentrate on on his other kind of um, projects that he has, Air Asia, etc. So, uh, is it a disappointment? Did I see it coming? Probably not right now, but obviously the, the messages that he's had the last few years, you think, right, okay, he's definitely thinking about doing something. Um, yeah, it's been, like I think he said, it's been an interesting ride he's had <laughs> since he joined QPR. <laughs> well, I mean, it, it, I mean, was it 10 years ago, the, play, the playoffs, you know what I mean? That day where at Wembley, you know, if yeah. I said to you, right, this is what's going to happen to QPR in 10 years' time, and... We start with the playoff. We end up at a, at a friendly at Oxford where the players are being booed in a friendly club. I've never, ever... And I'm an old bastard, like I have never seen players booed at a pre-season friendly before. That is even a first for me. You'd think I was mad, wouldn't you? You'd think, hang on, you're going to start at Wembley, you're going to end up at, uh, in the middle of Oxfordshire getting battered 5-0 before you play Watford. It's mad. It's, uh, yeah, but I, I, football... I mean, look, I've been in it a long time. Football has a way of um, humbling you, should I say. If yeah. you if you stay still and you think you're doing and you think you're safe and you don't invest correctly and you don't do the correct thing structurally, you make a few bad errors here and there. All of a sudden, teams have caught you up, teams have bypassed you, and all of a sudden you're in a this mad kind of spiral where you just can't get out of. It. And I think that's what QPR have been in over the last few years. Um, and yeah, it's very concerning. It's not nice to see. It really, isn't considering where. The opportunities we've had mm-hmm. to invest properly. We've had a good few years in the Premier League. That the money has been there. You know what I mean? Um, and the way it's just kind of manifested into what it is, is it's a shame. It really is. But see, when, when you were there, you said about the money, but then when you were there and these players are coming in, and we've talked about this many a time you've been on the podcast, because thank God you're a good friend of the pod and you're a decent human being, Clint. You know? <laughs> Maybe, maybe, maybe you should have scored more goals at Bolton, but we will, you know, it's not your fault. Yeah. <laughs> and um, there was times I could see you play, and you, you look at the players and you're not giving your all, and that must be hard to watch as well when you see players shirking and scared. But is that because they're not trying, or is that because they're terrified to make a mistake because the fans are going to get in their, their, their case? What is it? I think it'd be a, a, a bit of both, you know what I mean? I mean, for, for me, effort and, and desire and commitment. Was all I was all was how I was about, you know what I mean? Because I wasn't really mm. a great player, I wasn't fast, you know what I mean? I wasn't exciting in terms of skills or anything like that. But the one thing that I always kind of based my my values on was all those things I talked about, you know, and, and that was always a given for me. So if I didn't see that in being replicated from teammates, then that that would wind me up. And obviously, a few other of my lads that we that we played with, it would wind us up massively. And over those years, there was there was definitely a few players who didn't didn't buy into it. I, um, I, I'd lie if I said they were. You know what I mean? I think you called me stupid, which you're probably right. Um, <laughs> so there was a few there was a few players there that came into the building that were were not right, and they didn't they didn't make the move to. Make QPR better. Let's just say that. And was it, you know, you hear all these things about, oh, you know, things get sorted at the training ground. Do they really, or does it just, does people just have a fight and then they don't speak to each other? Then it becomes like, well, I'm not going to pass to him, or 
I'm not going. I'm not going to break through a brick wall for him because you have unity, don't you? You need in any in yeah. any form of life to go forward. So if you've got people you don't trust, you don't like, it must affect you. You're only human. Yeah, I mean, listen. Sometimes, sometimes a good fight can can bring a team together. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's true. It, it really can. Um, unfortunately, the few fights we did have, I don't think it did um, during that time. Um, but I'm a big believer that conflict. There can be a good thing that comes out of conflicts in a dressing room. You know, people can can know where they stand and know where they can move forward and know what boundaries to push. Um, and I think I think Gareth's trying. I, I do. I think he's trying his hardest to turn this this thing around. I really do. I mean, I think he's going out of his way to, to be positive, really, really positive. When I don't know, maybe deep down he's thinking frigging hell, but he's staying positive. Bless him, and he, he's trying to project this kind of enthusiastic, uh, will be okay um, kind of mentality. And I respect that massively because it must be tough. It must be. Do you think, do you think this goes back to maybe the Les walking away, the director of football, was it the wrong thing to do? Do you need a director of football at QPR or do you need someone like Neil Warnock? Um, or do you need a bit of both? You know, I, I just don't know. I look at it and I think, well, in eight years, we haven't produced the players we thought we'd produce. And eight years is a long time in football click. You know that. You're lucky if you get eight months, eight minutes, or whatever these days. And I'm thinking, well, Les, as much as we love Les, has he, did, he, did he leave and leave a legacy or has he left before the shit hit the fan? I mean, only, only time will tell. I mean, hopefully not. You know what I mean? Only, only time will tell on that one. Um, I think he's... I think he's had the time. I think eight years is a long time in football, like you said. So he's definitely had the time to to implement his methods, shall we say. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think they'll, they'll be judged, um, I don't know, favourably or negatively by certain people. I mean, whoever you ask will, will have a different opinion. Um, I think that the new training ground's a blessing. It really is. Yeah, that's true. An absolute blessing, you know what I mean? Because that, that, that's, been, that's been in the pipeline since I signed. So to, to see it actually up there and, and working is, is brilliant to see because... I think every club needs that and that gives it a solid foundation. Um, just need to get through this little bit of madness, really do. Um, and I think they need some new recruits as well, don't they? Which I think find it hard to, to, kind of, to get over the line at the moment. Yeah, I mean, do you, do you actually know Gareth at all? Or did you yeah. pass him? Okay. Yeah, I played, played against Gareth a couple of times, um, been on a couple of courses where I passed across, um, spoke a couple of times. Um, yeah, so generally, freaking a, a great guy, a great guy, and I wish him all the best. And it must be bloody hard for him at the minute because he is a big QPR fan, wasn't he? You know what I mean, in terms of what he done yeah. for the as a player, uh, and it must be hurting him as as much as um, all the fans as well at the moment. But he's got to portray a different character to what fans can kind of admit. You know, he, he can't go in and guns blazing everywhere because the whole building will burn down. So he's got to he's got to put on a different yeah, character. But it's not. See, I, I look at Gareth and I think people will judge him because he was in League Two for so long with Wickham, and people will think, well, you know, he's he's been manager for ten years. He's not he's not inexperienced. That's it. That's enough experience to go forward. But I just wonder what he's thinking. I've left Wickham, safe job. I've walked into QPR. Yeah, I mean, with I mean, we always says with respect, but we are bigger than Wickham. It's a bigger challenge. It's a bigger, but also it's a bigger pressure. And yep. he's looked at the score and he's thinking. Jesus, I think on Saturday you could see his post-match interview. He was like, "Shit, 
how do I get a team for Saturday? And a lot of it's going to be laid out to him. I mean, I, I think he's got about seven or eight games and then the board will panic. And then we start again. And you can't keep yeah. doing that. You've got to make a decision to either back the manager, stay with the manager, see it through, or we're just going to keep going through this. I mean, Warburton, we said at the time, didn't we? You know, we rushed the Warburton thing, I thought. We could have kept him a bit longer, let him build a bit more. I mean, from having the highest position after the playoffs to now where we are, maybe we got that decision wrong. And the excuse was yeah. he wasn't playing kids. Yeah, I know. I, I, I deep down, I think he's he, he done a great job there. I really do. Uh, he's done a great job there. Um, obviously, maybe a wish for, for things that, that you can't quite reach too soon, if you know what I mean. Um, and then you look where the club is now and you just think, well, would that have happened if Warburton was there? I know there's been a lot of a lot of madness as well in terms of Beal leaving um, yeah. when the club was absolutely flying. So I mean, if, if he stayed, would they be in? The, would we be in the same situation? <sighs> Probably not. I don't know. I really, there's been a lot mm. of chaos, should I say? Or did he leave because what he thought he was coming into and what was reality was different? Mm, maybe, maybe. I, I know. I know. Rain like the Glasgow Rangers is, is is a massive kind of massive club and a massive project for him, and his heart was there. So yeah. that was difficult to turn down, but. Yeah, uh, maybe, maybe he's seen what was coming. I, I, I don't know. I think what brought him down was a bullshit of stay and love the place, great club. My heart's here. I'm going to build something, and then oh, I'm off to Scotland. Mm. I think that's why you know. And I hate that. I'd prefer people were honest. You know, that's yeah. my own point of view. I can't speak for the fan base. I never would. But from my own point of view, it's like don't bullshit. It's just mm. if you leave, you stay. In, I mean, that's why I kind of like Warnock a bit. And it's a really interesting one because I think you'd be better judging this. Warnock never got the credit he deserved what he did at QPR to take that team from third from bottom to champions within yeah. a season and the next season it's mad I mean what he did on the budget he did and how he controlled Briatore Palladini and all them lot of <laughs> madness and the insanity that they brought to the club and he made it work and the biggest, kind of looked, biggest accomplishment that wasn't it dealing with them lot upstairs <laughs> I don't know I did it then. I remember the four year plan that bit where he drew a match he's like they're going to fucking sack me you know, we're, we're, we're flying. We're going to win the league. We're, we're doing this. And yet I'm worried about being sacked because I've just, they want to they want to win now to get the league. It was yeah. insane in Briatore. I mean, it's something um, we touched on because we, we had a chat with Ainsworth on, on Thursday that we got invited to the training grounds, you know, because we do podcasts and everything else. And then people can pick on us for that. And that's fine. But we went down there, we had a chat. And I, I, I feel that Gareth is a different person from the Gareth and them days because that was insane as well. But yeah. I just gone back to, to, to Warnock. I just wonder, could even Ian Warnock salvage this and the experience he's got? Or what would he be thinking if he came into this? Yeah, I mean, well, I was with him last week because we played him in the friendly. Um, All right. And to be fair to him, he'd he done miracles there with Huddersfield last yeah. season. The, the way he went in there and and just done, just does what he does. Sprinkles a lot of magic on there. Gets the players playing for the for themselves and the badge gives them loads of belief, loads of good man management, um, and he picks up results, and the players love him for it. So I wouldn't say he couldn't do it because I've seen him do it. You know, yeah, I, I, yeah. I think he can turn most things around just by the way he is. Um, I just think that chance has come and gone now, and I can't believe they didn't they didn't take it when it was there. I still can't believe it. So I'm not, I know. I think he would have he would have took the job. He would have took the job. If he, he loves it. I mean, all everyone ever says about, about Warnock is what he did for Adele. Mm. Take that away from the equation. Ali Fallen, yourself, Derry, 
Paddy Kenny, the team that he put together held against I mean, that's a hell of a side. Tommy Smith, yeah. you know, all, all these players. We take, I mean, I know Adele was unplayable and, and without him, it's arguable, yeah. But even without that, he installed so much belief. Take that from when he came before he came to the club. We were shite. We were getting battered. <laughs> it was awful. And that West, I always remember that West Brom game. You're like, wow, this is insane. This this is this is happening. And then he kicked on and we were winning games. And I think because of that and because of the playoff, people were thinking, oh, this is what QPR is. But reality is football has now changed. And you made a brilliant point. We've been overtaken by so many clubs, Brentford, Fulham, mm. the name two, Brighton have, have come up. Leicester went up with us and stayed there for 10 years. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. it does it does worry me, Clint. And I worry that you know the fan base, if we get relegated, you've played for our fans, we're decent. I don't like hearing us boo players. That's that's not the QPR no. I know and love. No, you know. On, on the flip side of that, you, you, um, the, the players have got to the players have got to respond to that as well. You know, yeah. The, the, the fans can will, will support you through thick and thin, but they need to see some sort of like a little bit of give back, a little bit of fight, a little bit of spirit, even if it's crap. If you if you batter people or freaking make it hard for them and give everything blood the lot then you know what I mean they'll, they'll, they'll clap you off they'll clap yeah. you off um, and I think that's the minimum that they expect obviously if you can add a bit of freaking Adele in there and a bit of Marsh and you know what I mean a little bit of quality that they'll take that as well <laughs> well I think that's the trouble but everyone's looking for that aren't they I mean I you know I looked at Luton last season yeah it's a doorbell it's probably um, Neil Warnock um <laughs> And 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 you look at what's going on with the, the club. You look at everything we've done, and we just seem to. It's difficult, isn't it, Clem? Because everyone says striker. Now you know for a fact you work at a club that is probably, as we speak, looking for a striker. Like ninety clubs in the football league are looking for strikers. How difficult is it to find these youngsters to turn them into gems? And what happens if you throw them in too early? It is. It's, it's hard. Like you said, every club, even if. Even if you're not really looking for a main striker, if someone mm. pops up with a 20 goal gem from somewhere, you're going to be in for it because you'll just you'll just take it because they're that hard to find. They are genuinely that hard to find, um, and you end up taking you end up taking potential, or you know what I mean. It might be a risk where a lad hasn't played, like we were talking about the 23, 24 year olds making the debut. You're taking players that haven't quite pushed on in their careers, and you're taking a risk on them. So it, it is so hard. It's so hard. You try and do all your due, uh, due diligence. You speak to people. But even then, you don't know. You yeah. still don't know what that, the, the mentality of the player, the character of the player, you don't really know until they're in the building. And that, that that's the scary bit. And you're spending millions, by the way. You're spending millions. It's crazy. I mean, we talked about this last season. Do you reckon you needed, like, a, for Stockport, do you reckon you need, like, an American documentary team to be following you around and... I don't need that. I don't need that. That was insane, I, wasn't it? That was insane. Yeah. So um, yeah, we've got them. We've got them back in our league this year. So that that would be lively. <laughs> was there real? Was was there a real grudge there between you guys? I think I think it built up. Yeah, I don't know why or where it come from, but I think it kind of built up from um, before we arrived. Um, but yeah, they're definitely tasty, tasty oh, games. Definitely a rivalry there. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we've got we've got two big games against them. So. Because be it's, it's held up as a Hollywood dream, but it's not really, is it? Because they spent shitloads of money. And, you know, even for that level, I know it's never guaranteed. And I know us two are talking about QPR, and we're talking about when we spent money. 
but we like to do things differently. We spend money and absolutely mess it up. But they have spent money, and it's not really a fairy tale as such. But I mean, good luck with them in the journey. But it would annoy me if I was a Stockport or a Colal or anyone else. I'd be looking like all night, really. The money you've got. <laughs> it's um, it's it's going to be a competitive league this year. There's some big teams, um, and I think there's probably 10, 11 teams trying to crash those promotion spaces this year. So it's going to be it's going to be a tough one, real tough one this year. By the way, how do you pick yourselves up from last season, mate? That was a hard end. It was horrible. It was horrible. I mean, I mean, as as a player, I've I've been sent off there. Um, I've managed to win there, lift a trophy, and now I've gone as a coach losing in the um, in the penalties, and it's it's not nice. It's not a nice feeling. Or you, you're more you're more gutted for the players, obviously, as a coach. Yeah. For, for the things that they have to to deal with and go through, especially for the for the young lad who missed the penalty. Um, so you, you have a more kind of a, a duty of care really for those lads but it does hurt and I mean the dress room was horrible it wasn't nice at all um, but to be fair to them they've come back and I've said like that's our motivation so yeah. we, we that's our motivation now we don't we're going to use that hurt that pain um, to hopefully get over the line this season so, so I watched that game and I thought you had it I really did I thought you've got this there was a couple it's- of chances yeah, a couple of chances we had that that were probably if if we took them then we, we might win. But but that that's the game and it that's the game. It can, Horrible it, penalties. Oh yeah, it can humble you in the worst spaces. But how much money, even at your level, is that worth, Clint? I mean, millions, a few hundred thousand. I'd say a million, probably probably a million, just over a million, maybe I think. Um, but then right obviously from that from that you you I mean you you probably you, you're selling out yeah. There's other stuff. There's more TV revenue. I imagine. I, I, yeah, I don't really know the ins and outs of it, but um, it's more the prestige of playing in a higher league, I think, and all the, the enrichments and trappings that come from that. Really. Oh man, I, I did feel for you because it, it. I mean, talk about fairy tales, but I mean, you, you guys. Are, I mean, you got a good chairman from what I, I read about him, and and and, and he invests. And I don't know what money's like, but it doesn't seem like you've got a great deal of money. But you, you were up there all season, you know, and that must it must be hard then to do it again this season and keep that level up when so many clubs are still come into the league with money. It's weird. Yeah, no, it's tough. I mean, I don't I think there's only been one one team that's gone um from National League and bang got promoted up to, to League One in, in, in the same year. Um we came very close. Obviously we couldn't get over the line, but um fair the chairman the chairman supports the gaffer here. He does support him. And he backs him well. And if there's somebody that he likes and he wants to sign, then he usually gets that man, which is great. Um, but again, with that comes pressure because we, we know we've got to go and do the job this year. If we don't, then I'll be sat here in my chair, probably speaking to you a lot more often. Well, that's no bad thing, Clint. I mean, we yeah, we can talk about the old times. But I've, I've, they, I mean, I feel like I'm picking on Les and I don't mean to and I'm not. But how would it be then if someone brought in a director of football? I mean, what what is the role of a director of football, for instance? Should they be helping in the first team? Should they be picking the the B team? What? How does it work with modern football? It's just the overall um, management of the club, really. So it's the connection between manager and and, and the board. Um, but there's also the academy. You, you do all that kind of stuff. Um, all the infrastructure around that. And you generally support the manager in, in, in what he needs, you know what I mean? So that it is, it is quite a big, broad kind of role. Um, uh, we've got we've got Simon Wilson at Stockport County who does that does that for okay. us. 
Um, so it, it, it is massive support in terms of for our manager. And I think he can offload quite a lot of things and Simon will help him out. Um, but yeah, it, it's a tough one. It's a tough one. And I think to have, to have eight years at a club and is, is a magnificent effort, like, to be fair. He's definitely yeah, had I mean, the time. I don't think he can ever say, I didn't have the time. So how people judge him, I don't know. That, that That's always going to be a toss of a coin, I think. Uh, Lynn, you, it's, it's, it's so sad because we deserve... As a club, I, I just fear the fan base, and I keep saying it. You know, another if we are in another relegation battle, another relegation dogfight, it's like a massive ongoing kick in the nuts, isn't it? It just and it does bring the club down after a while. No matter what facilities you change, no matter what you do, no matter how you sprinkle it or whatever, being involved in a dogfight year after year, it's bound to take its toll on fans mm. and players. And we just deserve. We need a good season once in a while, and we're not really getting it. And that's that's a wee bit sad from our point of view. And maybe selfish to expect us to do it because maybe I've got ideas about my station. But I just think that QPR is a. We should be doing better than what we are. I mean, that's yeah. me. I don't know. Yeah. No. I, yeah. I agree. I agree. Um, but like you said, like f- football catches up with you so quickly. It catches up with you so quick. Just just a few mediocre seasons and a few signings that don't quite come off. Or you, you you sold a player that maybe you shouldn't have sold a year too early, or not for the right price, and you haven't invested it properly. It's it's such a, a spiral, and all of a sudden, you look at some of the teams that were around that league; they've all kicked on, and you're still kicking around in the same league. <laughs> it's, it's 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 horrible. It really is, and I just hope it gets sorted out really quickly. It's going. I think it's going to be hard season. I think yeah. that. I think even Gareth might know that. It's going to be a hard season. There's going to be some good. There's going to be some good moments, but I also think there's going to be some weird stuff as well. Um, and do you think that if we start badly and they set Gareth, that's another massive mistake? And do we give him time? I mean, what do we do? I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I hope. Hopefully, we don't even go down that route. You know, what I mean, he has a good solid season. I think everybody would just take maybe a, a half boring season <laughs> in around. Yeah. In and around that top half, you know, would be unbelievable just to have a nice boring season where you're not kind of Jesus. bothering with the bottom parts and just relax for a little bit, kind of restock, regather uh, and rebuild. And, and hopefully, who knows what happens in, in another year or two. I don't know. I think, Clint, you were around QPR long enough to know we don't do boring. We, yeah. we really don't. I'm sorry, I'm trying to be diplomatic and I'm freaking out. I mean, did you, <laughs> did you ever stand in that training? the money was being flashed around all these players are coming in, like see saying that and just think what's happening you know like it, it, you know especially from the season beforehand with Warnock and everything else and the win the championship to seeing all these people arrive and thinking wow that was a revolving door I mean at, at some point I don't know when I'm, I'm going to have to actually try and figure out how many players actually came through that door because there's probably some players that I've totally forgot Oh, God, I totally. And some massive names, you know what I mean? And I, I probably need to sit down and just take a restock at some point and go, bloody hell, wow. That was some that was some roller coaster because it seemed to be every every other day. I mean, the Rob Green one was, was something else. I mean, I was having breakfast with him uh, in the canteen and the next thing we put Sky News on and it's Julio Cesar signed for QPR. And I mean, and I'm sat next to Rob and I'm gone. Did you know anything about this? <laughs> really? What did he say? No, no. <laughs> he didn't know anything about it. I mean, he's literally just signed and 
all of a sudden Julio's ass flying him from I think Inter Milan wasn't it I think um, now it's just the kind of madness that was going on at that time and that was a pointless signing and I don't care what anyone says that to me was just mad we had, we're a decent keeper um, we, you know that was just a look at us and that age and it was going around trying to get us a sign of I don't know that was yeah, yeah that was a that was a weird one I, I still can't understand that Clint it was a strange one I mean I felt sorry for him to be honest with you because he's gone from playing with Marco Materazzi, Zanetti, and all these legends, and all of a sudden he's got Clint Hill in front of him. And I'm gone, sorry, Julio. <laughs> and he's having to know. deal with all these crosses and shots and everything that he probably didn't have to do in, in Italy that he because the Milan team was so special. So he kind of threw into the fire. Yeah, you say that, Clint. Could they have done Greenspan on Wednesday night? Probably uh, not. No. You know? No. no. <laughs> it, it, to be fair, you know, you say that, and it's true. We don't see that side of it, but it must have been a culture shock for the lad. You know, he's oh. come in, he's, he's got his helicopters and whatever, he's got his money, he's got his riches, the Italian lifestyle, yeah. even though he's Brazilian. And then he comes to Rangers, it must have been like, wow. Yeah, there's no, there's, there's, it was an absolute shock for him. I don't think he's had to take that many goal kicks ever in his life because he would have just had to pass it out six yards uh, to whoever was playing in front of him. I don't think he's had to deal with. The amount of shots and crosses that the English game obviously gives you. I don't think he's ever no. had that as well. So, um, well, listen, he was, he was well paid for it. So we can't feel too sorry for him. No, I think, I think you'd do yourself a disservice, Ken. I think if I was ever in the trenches, I'd want you beside me. And that's not just because of where you are. You're a decent player as well. You don't play as many games as you do. You don't get the Wembley as yeah. many times as you do, but you're not good enough. You were good enough and you were a decent player. The only thing I would say about you, that was wrong is it you just weren't maybe glamorous enough for some people because no, no way you know, no way i'll take know. that <laughs> and that's not being disrespectful that's just the way it was i just think you were just a solid you know same with alan mcdonald you know these center halves that we we've had in the past bless them god rest mac um they're brilliant but they don't get picked up on because you you kind of do it so well you do the same job week in week out and they're going oh well he's not he's not doing a roberto carlos he's not doing this he's not doing that but I think teams need people like Clint Hill. I'll tell you what, I would, I would, I would drive you to Rangers now if I could get a time machine and put you back ten years. You know, <laughs> just, you... I mean that, that that's the, the. I mean now, I mean on the coaching side of it is, I mean I try and tell my players now that uh, defend it doesn't have to be pretty. It doesn't no. have to be. It just has to be effective, and you can have a really good career off the back of it if you just do the basics superbly. Um, but obviously, I think the harder you find it the hardest things are to do the simplest things, if you know what I mean. It's crazy. I try to say, just, just do this, do this and do this, and you will be fine. You'll have a great career. But obviously they watch everybody in the Premier League and they watch all these internationals and they feel they've got to do something extra. Um, yeah, that's why I'm going grey now, you see. I'm just trying to like... Just say that. Well, at least your hair hasn't fallen like mine. I, I've, yeah. got, I've got a nice little sunroof, I tell you. But like you say that, but I remember a certain drugber Meeting Clinton, I'm not really liking it, if I'm being brutally honest with you, Clint. There was, you know, I mean, that match will live in our memory for many a year. You know, I mean, the, the hostile atmosphere they got when they arrived for the team yeah. boss. And I, and I know there was a thing with Anton and, and that idiot um, and things like that. But you guys absolutely, I don't think we're down to nine players, but who cares? We battered them. Yeah, um, they, I think like, we fed off that atmosphere. You know what I mean? The, the, the lads fed off that atmosphere. It was, it was electric. Um, and I don't think we. I don't think we were expecting that kind of atmosphere and it just came out and it was like a, a cauldron and it was brilliant. I think every player fed off it. 
Uh, I think they maybe be mentally switched off and, and struggled with a bit of it as well, a few of their players. Um, so it was, it was something great. I mean, just to get that atmosphere back now, I think would we'll, we'll be an unbelievable buzz to the lads. But Can you imagine? Yeah. I mean, it was. I mean, what was it like coming out when you're in the tunnel? Because, I mean, it's easy for us because we hate the bastards. God forgive yeah. me. But we do. And we always have done. You know, the arrogance, they, they got the money, the whole thing about this. When they were in the 80s and 70s, I'm this swagger about them. And we just hated them. And I always will do. And we hadn't played them for so many years. And I just think there was a kind of a, from all the crap we'd been to, it was like, we're now focusing on this lot. I don't know if that came to you in the pitch, but we, the, the atmosphere was, I've never known anything oh, like it. It was unbelievable. I mean, I, 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 my head was all over the place. I, I was playing for Nottingham Forest on the Tuesday night at home. That's right. Uh, I can't think of who it was. It might have been Middlesbrough. Um, and we won that game. And then the next day, I'm, I'm travelling back to QPR. And then a couple of days later, I'm, I'm got the kit on and I'm walking out of Loftus Road and I'm like, Jesus Christ, <laughs> playing against Chelsea. You know what I mean? It was, it was a surreal moment for me. And then I just think the, the moment that stood out for me, whenever they had a corner, then, you know what I mean? Just the noise and the people getting close to their players and giving them loads of stick. You know, those little things are just, just brilliant for me. I love all that side of it. <laughs> the didn't, change, didn't they, didn't Lampard stop taking corners at one stage? He did, yeah. Yeah, he was getting a fair bit of abuse, wasn't he? Yeah. About his, for some reason, I don't know why. Aye. Well, she's from the same country as me I'm sure she's lovely but fair enough um, she, he did I mean but that was the thing I mean I wonder if that was one of the reasons why they couldn't handle it because you know we QPR kicked their arses uh, and the atmosphere I don't think there's I mean, it was nice listen this is what I know this club can be Clint this is why I get sad you know I, I go to Oxford Saturday and we're booing and it's, it's a horrible atmosphere at the yeah. end of the game it's, it's and then I look back at them games and, you know the, the Oldham game of course yeah, well, Which, yeah, I was on the end of that one, wasn't I? Yeah. But that was some atmosphere as well, Clint, wasn't it? I mean, that it was, was, yeah, it was good. Yeah, I mean, I think I can remember all the Oldham fans. I mean, they sold out that away, and there was some atmosphere, to be fair. I think it Andrew's was, got a wee bit of stick. Yeah. <laughs> well, we had Fitzy, you know, we, we had a few QPR players, and we had Fitzy, you know what I mean? People like that sure. as well. So, but yeah. I mean, but you've, you've seen it from both sides, and it does, it's one of those. This is why when they talk about new grounds, I'm like thinking, I do love the old place because there's not many stadiums like that now. They're all quite soulless and they're all quite away from the pitch and, you know, yeah. and, and that. Whereas at, at Rangers, you're, you're up against it, like, you know? Yeah. But it's anyway. Proper ground. Proper ground. I, I, I enjoy playing there. Um, and I, I liked how steep it was and how close you were to the fans, you know. Even even when they were giving you a bit of stick, it was great. You know what I mean? <laughs> it was brilliant. I can't imagine you'd have took much stick, Clint, to be serious. I, I, don't... Got, I got off you. I got a bit. You're never, you? never immune from that. You're never immune from that. But you take it for what it is, mate. I would see, I would never. I mean, there's certain people, yes, I would I would certainly be <laughs> questioning their abilities, but I would never have thought you'd be one that people have to. I'd, I'd be, if I was you, I'd be like, are you freaking sure? <laughs> you know, like, behave yourself. It was all good fun, mate. It was all good fun. Uh, well, listen, Clint, it's, it's been an absolute pleasure to catch up with you again. And I, I know that we'll catch up for you this And I hope you have a good season as well. I mean, I hope yeah. we both have good seasons and, and we go through it together, sort of like in the clouds. But I'm just, if I'm being honest, I'm dreading Saturday. I'm not even going to ask for a prediction. Well, I'll maybe do another podcast during a week to do it. But, Clint, thank you for catching up with us, mate. And I just oh, wish mate. you the best. And, um, you know, don't ever like, put yourself down. You you came to our club and you made a freaking difference. And not many people can walk away saying that, mate. You, you're always welcome down, Rangers, and you always should be. I appreciate. It. I need to get down more often. I'm, I haven't been there for a while, but just football takes over your life, doesn't it? As you know. Um, but listen, 
I really want it to do well, mate. I really want the club to do well. And it's going to be tough. But when you stick together and you get through these hard times, hopefully it's it's, it's all good, mate. And I wish right. I wish the team all the best. I really do. Right, you're a good man, Clinton. Look after yourself, big man. And you, mate.